Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. Good morning. It's the month of May. It's the month of Our Lady. It's also, we are in St. Mary's Parish, and it's Magnificat breakfast time. So it's very much centered, yes, on Mary. But Mary, if she was here right now, would not center on herself. She would center on her son, Jesus. One of the things we find in the life of our Blessed Lady is her openness to the Spirit of Almighty God, openness to the Holy Spirit. It's interesting in this morning's reading when Paul listened to the Holy Spirit with Barnabas and made the decision to go to Macedonia and uh, to evangelize. So Magnificat is about evangelization, it's about witness, it's about sharing, it's about, in other words, growth in one's own faith. And as I share this morning, that knowing and loving is not a simple matter. Knowing and loving will always demand choice and resolution. That there is an emptying that precedes every feeling, a death in every self, the false self, the lie, the religiosity, the pious platitudes. Everything that has nothing to do with Catholicism or with our openness to the Spirit. No man or woman can serve two masters. Either we must hate the one or love the other. And so, my brothers and sisters, there is within us ingredients, entities, that make our faith half-hearted or anemic. So the answer is disarmingly simple. I must experience Him, who? Jesus, and the power of His Holy Spirit. If some of you have here this morning, it may be your first experience. And I know my first experience of walking into a a Mass that was being celebrated at Loyola University in the early 70s, and just simply being overwhelmed by what I was experiencing in that liturgy and the work of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit in operation, for example, the gift of tongues, the gift of prophecy, uh, the gift of ecstatic prayer. It was something beyond me. And I just simply said to the Lord that morning, that evening, if heaven is like this, please let me in on it. And I would hope this morning, please, that somebody here may be searching, seeking, somehow trying to put your life together. And that the experience of just of worship, sharing, conversation, prayer will be for you uh, an encounter, an experience of the risen Jesus 
uh, for the life of some sister or brother here. The late Cardinal Simmons was asked one time why he was a man of hope. And I quote, I'm a man of hope not for human reasons, nor for any natural optimism, but because I believe the Holy Spirit is at work in the church and in the world, even where his name remains unheard. I'm an optimist because I believe the Holy Spirit is the spirit of creation. To those who welcome him, he gives each fresh liberty and renewed joy and trust. Remember the promise of Jesus to the apostles. You will receive power, dunamis, dynamite in the Greek, when the Holy Spirit comes down upon you. And you will be my witnesses, martria in the Greek. In other words, to receive the Spirit, yes, is a gift from Almighty God, but we've got to do something. We've got to evangelize, we've got to share it. The same as when healings are shared, the same as when the good news is shared on Sunday morning. In other words, we don't keep it to ourselves. We share it. You will be my witnesses not only in Jerusalem and Judea, but throughout the ends of the earth. And note what happened to the apostles when the Holy Spirit came upon them. That's why, for example, the readings are so energizing, so powerful this time, the Acts of the Apostles and the Gospel of John. The church needs her perennial Pentecost. She needs fire in the heart, words on the lips, prophecy in the glance. The fresh breath of the Holy Spirit too has come to awaken energies within the church to stir up dormant charisms and to infuse a sense of vitality and joy. I like those words, vitality and joy. That was in the responsorial psalm this morning that we serve the Lord with joy. That it's not just a burden. And I know, don't get me wrong here, there is the suffering, there is the cross. Many people who come to church need a word of encouragement on Sunday morning or the week morning. They're heavy because somehow the cross has been heavy upon them and they need encouragement. But there is a joy that nobody can take from us. The joy of a good conscience. The joy of being honest. The joy of speaking forth one's truth. The joy, in other words, of simply waiting on the Lord each day, a divine appointment, knowing that he has gifted you, that you're graced, and that you're blessed. And when Mary was deep in prayer, what happened? The Spirit of God came upon her, and the angel Gabriel, we know, announced her, in other words, that she was to become the mother of God. And she gave her yes. She never pledged at that time. Let it be done unto me according to your word. There are many things that are done to us in life that we don't like. Let it be done unto me. When she gave that yes, she not only consented to become a mother, 
but the mother of our divine Lord. It cost her. There were sleepless nights. She became a refugee. She became the mother of a condemned prisoner. She suffered. And there are many mothers and many people in here today. You have suffered deeply. The Lord knows your pain. He knows the journey. The misunderstandings. Those moments of uh, sleepless nights worrying where the next dollar is going to come from. These are the realities of life. But somehow there is a power. There is a dunamis that's guiding. It is the power of the Spirit leading, guiding, empowering, giving wisdom. Allowing us again to pick up the pieces and to continue in the journey. Mary was deep in prayer when the Spirit of God came upon her. One of the most powerful prayers that we have at our disposal at this moment is the Holy Rosary. The word rosary means a crown of roses. And each prayer in the rosary is considered a flower presented to our Blessed Mother. I would encourage you each day to say the rosary, please. It will bring down blessings on your family. It will bring conversions. It will open doors that have never been opened before. I saw it experienced in Medjugorje on my 25th of ordination. I was a little skeptical when I went there. But the power of prayer, the power of fasting, was very evident and conversions were phenomenal. I spent five uh, evenings listening to confessions from people all over the world, the English-speaking world. And I have never, never, never in all of my priesthood experienced the conversions that I experienced during that week. That was the power of prayer, the power of the Holy Rosary, the power of going before the Lord, if my people upon whom my name has been pronounced humble themselves and seek my presence and turn from their evil ways, then I will answer them from heaven and I will heal their land. I will heal their people. That is the power of the rosary. That is the protection that is the gift of Mary to each one of us. She gave us Jesus. She has given herself. Jesus gave her as a mother to each one of us to watch over. She is our great intercessor before the throne of Almighty God. And every prayer that we say, she comes alongside when we say the Hail Mary. When we invoke her, Holy Mary, Mother God. She's there. She's there with us. There was a bishop in Italy a few years ago who was dying of cancer. And I want to share his reflection during one of those moments while he's waiting on the Lord to take him home. He said, Holy Mary, admit us to your school. Keep us apart from the marketplace of noise where we risk becoming dead. Keep us from idle curiosity for unimportant news which deafens us to the good news. Help us to cherish the silence that restores to us an eagerness for contemplation even in the bustle of great cities. 
Help us to understand that the great things of life, conversion, love, sacrifice, and death, mature only in silence. We wish to ask one last thing, dear Mother Mary. Since you experienced the silence of God, as did Jesus on the cross, do not leave our side at the hour of our trial. When the sun, sun clipses for us too, and when heaven seems not to answer our cry, and the earth sounds hollow under our footsteps, stand by us so that the fear of abandonment will not make us despair. And so we say, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left in aid. Inspired with this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins and mother, to thee do we come before thee stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the world incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer us. To more fully participate each week, you may visit the St. Dismas Guild website at stdismasguild.org. That's S-T-D-I-S-M-A-S-G-U-I-L-D dot O-R-G to either purchase the Bread of Life Bible Study book or download the complimentary lessons. In 1989, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn began this prison, pro-life, and pro-family ministry to remind us that the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, verse 26. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.